Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we're here to talk uh, some more basketball. Uh, two new portal entries from Rutgers basketball team. Uh, Oscar Palmquist entered the portal on Friday, and Dean Reber entered the portal last night. Wouldn't say either of these are a surprise. Um, some kind of, uh, we're just kind of waiting for the announcements to come. Um, tell us a little bit about what we're losing in these two guys. Let's start with Oscar. Yeah, so Oscar, um, honestly, I thought he could have been like a decent, like down the bench type of guy, someone that just. End of, end of the rotation, someone that you could just kind of throw in for a couple minutes, maybe hit a three, maybe play some decent defense. Um, but end of the day, you got you got to replace these guys. You got to you got to get more talent in here, and especially if more talent wants to come, which it sounds like um, a ton of transfer portal dudes are showing interest. Um, I hate to say it, end of the day, you just got to change up the roster a little bit. You went from no transfers to three right now, um, and then Dean Reber. Dean Reber's done about the best he could. Um, it doesn't seem like he really developed past this season. Uh, Wolfolk started to take his role as backup center. Uh, he's, he's like a tweener between the four and five at the big 10 level. He's like kind of too slow to guard fours, but he's not big enough to guard five. So there, there's a weird, like uh, he's in a weird role right now. I think dropping down a level and playing, playing the five or like a stretch type five at a different, um, at a low major or mid major type school might be beneficial to him. I think he could actually be a decent player at those levels. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, there's so many guys that are showing interest in Rutgers via the portal that you, you almost, in order to upgrade the team, you have to upgrade the talent and end of the day, that's, that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. So if you just kind of look back, um, Oscar, this is his fourth year in the program. He walked on senior night. He was a kid came from Sweden. He was, mm-hmm. you know, known as a sharpshooter. He's a lefty. I just don't think he really developed much in his game outside of being able to shoot. And I think, you know, that was his fatal flaw. If you look at this season, I mean, the guy played 26 minutes in the first 21 games of the season. Um, He started to, I think Pike wanted to get him some minutes when his parents came to see him um, starting with that Minnesota game. And he played really well. Like if you look at his stat line from that game, played 16 minutes, obviously it's in a blowout. He was three or four from three. He had uh, his career high in points that night with 13. And then, you know, Milwaukee goes down and he put, he gave us some good minutes against Michigan State as well. But he, he ended up playing 165 minutes over the last, you know, quarter of the season. Um, some of the games that he stepped up in, we really needed him. <clears throat> uh, he played pretty well against Indiana in limited minutes. Uh, he gave us some good minutes against Penn State. Uh, I'd say two of those dagger threes he hit against Penn State were, you know, some of the the, the points that pushed us over the edge. So I think he hit both those in the second half. He was a guy that was beloved in the locker room from the sounds of it. But ultimately, we've said it before, like there's moments where you kind of look yourself in the mirror as a program and understand, like, you know, I love keeping my guys around. I love developing guys for four or five years. But that's not the way that college basketball is played anymore. I, I saw a tweet that uh, it came out, I don't know if it was, you know, this was between the Elite Eight games. And of the 35 players who were on starting rosters who had made it into the Elite Eight, 
19 of them were transfers, 16 of them were seniors, only one was a freshman. So like, this is an example, like you got to build your program largely through transfers now, if you want to have a successful program. Yeah, no, for sure. So now, interestingly enough about Oscar, I, I did learn that he's technically in the portal, correct? But it's kind of just this field, a little bit of interest, but it sounds like he's going to go back home to Sweden. Um, the national team does want him to uh, come play for them again. I know he played for their under 18 or under 16, whatever it was team. And he did pretty good there. So um, he's going to try out for the Sweden national team again. And I, it kind of wouldn't shock me if he made it like um, he could be that end of the rotation type player for them. Um, I don't know how good Sweden is, so maybe he could be a little bit better than that. But uh, yeah, it does sound like he's going to go back home to Sweden and uh, in terms of uh, transfer portal, he's probably done with college basketball if I had to guess, but y- you kind of just throw your name out there. Like most guys are like, for example, Joe Girard declared for the draft, but he's also throwing his name in the portal. It's just like, just see what kind of interest you get. Maybe you get more interest than you think you're a one year player. And it's just kind of a stopgap for certain colleges. And it's like, Hey, we might need a four that could shoot or a three that could shoot. Just bring him in for a year. Worst comes worse. He doesn't work out. And he's an end of the bench player. Best case scenario. He's a full fledged starter for you for uh, an entire season. Yeah, it doesn't look like Sweden has any NBA players on their national team. So, I mean, that bodes well for him in terms of his mm-hmm. chances of making it. Um, but it's, it's, hard, it's hard because you don't want to say anything too negative about these guys. They gave so much to the program. And, I mean, you really do wish them well. I hope he has a lot of success in whatever he chooses to do <clears throat> after he, he leaves Rutgers. But, um, you know, he's he's got two years of eligibility if he wants to use them. He redshirted his first year. The second year was the uh, oh, he the COVID year. You're right. Forgot so he's got that. two years. And same thing with Dean. <clears throat> Dean played his freshman year, and Dean. I mean, there were some like really bright moments for him early in his career. I don't know if you remember this, but his freshman year, I think it was like probably game like 12 or 13. We played Iowa. This is back when they had Luca Garza. Luca and yeah. and we, you know Cliff and uh, Miles both got into foul trouble, and. Dean Reber stepped in and he played lockdown defense on like three consecutive possessions against Luca Garza. Cause they were just putting everything through Luca against us. And he locked him up for like three state straight possessions. I think he had a block against him, a steal against him. And that really felt like, you know, he, we got something here. He, he could be, he also, you know, he got the nickname of three bird cause he, you know, hit knockdown open threes. <laughs> I feel like that skill, I don't know if you've lost confidence, but it felt like that really never developed. I think that's kind of the key with both these guys. It felt like for whatever reason, the development stalled on both of them. And I mean, when you're a developmental program, that has to be a consistent development for these guys in order to, to succeed. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't think it's more development wise. I think it's more of just the, the kind of peaked a little bit. Like, I don't think there was much more they could really do there. Like, I think we kind of knew what their ceilings were out of high school. And this, this is about, it's about right. Like a contributor at the high major level or a starter at the mid major level. And that's, I'm not bad mouthing them by any means. It's just, that's kind of what, what their potential was out of high school. And that's, it's kind of what they are. So um, it's time to move on time to get some open scholarships. And uh, technically I think there's three, if you count cliff right now, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there um, because they were one. So they lost three guys They lost Jalen Miller too, obviously, but uh, they were one over already in scholarship counts. So now, it, it really depends on what Cliff does, and that's that's where it's going to get yeah. interesting. So I don't want to segue into uh, portal talk, but we kind of just did. Yeah, I, I want to say one more thing on Oscar because 
the guy didn't play in a single game in all of January. And then he stepped up mm -hmm. and started playing once Mag got hurt, basically. And he mm -hmm. gave, you know, some really good minutes. So it's it's not easy to, to keep your confidence high. And, and Gio talked about this when we were, we were talking to him. But, you know, when you see a guy like Oscar, who's still staying positive, still putting in the work and still giving full effort in practice and being positive, mm -hmm. it's so valuable to the younger guys who who are here new and they're frustrated because they're not playing a lot. You got to imagine like Derek Simpson probably wasn't very happy with his role for a lot of the season, but seeing a guy like Oscar remaining positive and, and putting an effort and, you know, being whatever they need on the team, whether that be like, you know, a scout team guy who's emulating another player on another team that they're playing that week or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you need to do for the team, that's so valuable. So I, I, I don't want to minimize their contributions just because they didn't, you know, score a lot of points or give us a lot of minutes because, sounds like they were a valuable member of the team, regardless of whether they played a lot or not. So I just want to reiterate that because that can get lost that these kids were, you know, teammates and human beings as well. Um, and not just, you know, guys playing on TV, you know, 40 minutes a night for us. Man, it's also culture end of the day. Like, and Pike's very big on culture. You got to instill a good culture in order to have a good program. Uh, we've seen teams that add super talented players. Look at UNC, for example, shitty culture this year. And they yep. went from preseason number one to not even close to making the tournament. Now yep. Caleb loves transferring. Now Baycott's coming back and people are pissed about it at UNC. And it's like, Jesus, what dude, that man was just in the finals a year ago. Yeah. Cause I think like a program like UNC is probably telling their recruits, like you could come in be the big man. You could start as a freshman Baycott. No way he's coming back. He's going to the NBA. Like that's a first round pick right mm -hmm. there. And then when they do come back, it's like, coach, I thought I was going to start this year. You told me I was going to start. And now I'm playing yeah. behind a fifth year senior. This, yeah. this is what I signed up for. It's, it's kind of insane how, uh, how this has all kind of worked out for them, but. Uh, yeah, it's all about culture. And those two guys, I, I three guys, I'll even throw Jamal Miller in there, are just straight-up culture guys. They didn't complain too much about minutes. They didn't say anything bad about the program. They love Pike. Pike's going to do right by them and try to help them find the best school for them and the best fit for them going forward. I know, um, obviously, Dean just entered, so I'm not sure how much interest he has. Oscar just entered, so I'm not sure how much interest he has. But we do know that uh, it was reported yesterday, today, actually, that uh, Jalen Miller's got Colgate, Robert Morris, Chattanooga, Vermont, Loyola, Maryland, Wagner, Niagara, UMass Lowell, Penn, Binghamton, Howard, Akron. Like he's got options. Yep. So he's and and if he if he's got that many options, I assume Dean and Oscar are probably gonna have similar options. And it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see where they end up where they end up. And I, I think Rutgers fans are so fond of what, what these guys have done in these culture changers because um, I I do include them as part of that group. Um. And they're probably going to follow them no matter where they go, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, you tried to transition to the transfer portal. Let's, let's just do it. Um, so there's a few guys who we talked about in the past who it sounds like Rutgers is probably out on, and it's because they're probably ended up elsewhere. Let's start with Nick Timberlake. Uh, it sounds like he is leaning elsewhere because there's uh, some bags being thrown at him. Um, St. John's. Yeah, that's, that's part of the reason. St. John's is going to be a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. um, you kind you kind of just hinted at it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you now, Patino is just going to be, he's got juice. Like I hate to say yeah. it. He's going to be now they're going to recruit different kids. I think they're going to go more New York city area. Whereas interestingly enough, Rutgers doesn't like tap into that much. And I, I don't know the exact reasoning behind it. Most of the kids there aren't like local. They're probably coming in as transfers from other schools, but that's kind of New Jersey too, for the most part. 
Um, but that's when you just go to Georgia and you just snag a top five player and then no one questions you. <laughs> yeah, I think basketball is so much different than football because you don't need many players. You need, what, 12, 13 guys. Yeah. Football, you need 85. So, so if your roster composition is, you know, two guys from New Jersey and 10 guys from international and all over the country, it's not really a huge deal. Yeah. So there, it doesn't matter really. But in terms of other portal dudes, um, I know Jamil Reynolds was one they were looking at, but again, we, we kind of got to wait and see what Cliff does until we know what Cliff does. You can't really can't recruit a big man because you can't sell him playing time. Um, now maybe one, one of those like two year guys or multi-year guys, like a, uh, I'm trying to think who left on this list. Uh, actually Reynolds is one of those. Um, it seemed interestingly enough, it does seem like every single big man they've been in contact with, whether it's Cohen, Jones, Hugley, Reynolds, Mustafa, they all have two years left. So I think it's kind of a situation where I think, you know, Cliff's coming back and you got to try to convince one of these guys back. Hey man, you're still going to get like 15 to 20 minutes a game because Cliff's going to be in foul trouble. Cause it's just, so it happens with big men. Um, yeah. We can develop you. We are one. And then year two, you're, you're thrust into the fire. You're going into the big 10, which is the big, big boy basketball for big men like that. There's no other league yep. that will play through their center. Yep. Is it good? That's to be determined, but um, yeah. So I think uh, those are a couple names. You said Timberlake. I think Timberlake's out already, from what I was told. Yep. Um, they do need a guard. I don't know where else they look. The Copen Coppin State guy, uh, Nenda Tark, is one to keep a close eye on. Uh, Taryn Armstrong, who's recently ranked by One Service as the number one transfer portal guy, which I, I'll just say it, I don't agree with, but he's a good player, phenomenal player. Um, but number one, eesh, I don't know. But uh, interestingly, Rutgers is one of his only two offers out of high school, and Cal Baptist, where he ended up, was the other one. So we'll see what's happening there. They just um, I just added TJ Bomba to the list. He's a Washington State, I believe. Yep. Uh, he's he's a big man. He's he's going to be wanted no, by everyone in the he's country. A, he's not a big man. He's a uh, is he? He's a guard. Oh, okay. I don't know much about him. Then I take it back. Um, Sixteen so points is, a game, so he's going to yeah. be wanted by everybody. Yep, and he's he's originally a kid from the Bronx too. Yeah, I just read that. Um, yeah, Abraham Lincoln High School, which uh, has produced quite a few uh, big name prospects over the years. But yep. I, he did move to Denver, Colorado, right before to finish his high school career, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. And most of these kids, like from what I'm being told, it's just here's your money, come play for us. Here's your money, come play for yep. us. And I know people are like, I had someone ask me yesterday. They're like, why is this like, why do no, none of the donors want to step up for NIL? And I'm like, they, they did. That's the thing. Like Rutgers doesn't have a huge donor base. Like yep. it's tough and you need everyone together co collectively. See what I did there um, to step up <laughs> together and form a foundation or collective to get these guys. And it's not it's like it's not like there's anything out there called like the Knights of the Raritan or anything like that could help. <laughs> um, oh wait, there is. Um, so yeah, I mean, end of the day, they're not getting anyone without money. Like that's just how the portal works. Like you need you need money. Yep. So that's all I got on that front. Well, we also there's another recent addition. Uh, somebody who just entered the portal who Rutgers is showing interest in. Uh, Essam Mustafa, he's originally oh, from yes. Cairo, Egypt, but he played his high school basketball at uh, Long Island Lutheran High School. Mm -hmm. He's got two years of eligibility. Uh, he's a 6'9", 250-pound center. Uh, in 2023, he averaged 12.4 points per game, 10 rebounds a game, 
and uh, he shot 55% from the field and 67% from the line. Uh, you've spoken to him. What are you hearing about this kid? Um, yeah, I just spoke to him the other, yesterday, whenever he entered, and it came out that Rutgers was showing interest. He kind of just told me, he's like, it's still early. I just got in portal. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Like, I have nothing planned. Mm-hmm. I'm just – it's not one of those situations where it's like I already know where I'm going. I'm like – I knew where I was going before I entered portal, but now I'm in, so yep. now I can tell you. Like, yep. no. Um, so, yeah, Rutgers is early interest in, in him. We'll see what happens there. Um, they're, they're going to be showing interest in so many dudes and they're just going to try to, it seems like they want a big man with multi, a multi-year big man. They need a four really bad. Cause even though Malat Mag is a starter at four, he's probably not back till December. Hyatt can't play the four anymore. I, I'll just straight up say it. He, he's got to play the three or two. Uh, I know it's positionless technically, so he can be a big guard, but, uh, you, you got to bump him down a little bit. He can't, he's been struggling, but. I do think he ends up staying too, for what it's worth. Um, I know we didn't mention him before, but uh, Mustafa's got a ton of interest, so we'll, we'll kind of just wait and see. Maybe you got to you got to kind of wait and see if someone throws a bag. To be honest, that's how it's. If someone throws a bag, it's like all right. Well, we'll talk to you um, maybe next year when you enter the portal. Like, yeah, and I mean it's still early in relative terms. Uh, you can enter the portal up until May thirteenth or May eleventh. Yeah. One of those two. I think it was May eleventh. So the portal is only been open for two weeks. So there's still plenty of time for guys to enter. Um, a lot of the guys who had the preordained situations are already in the portal. There's over a thousand kids in the portal right now. I, I expect that number to probably double. Um, Rutgers is going to be selective, but I do think they'll land at least two guys. But it's just hmm. gotta you gotta be patient. Let the process play itself out because if not, you end up taking guys who don't really fit what you're trying to do. Yeah. It's just it's clear what they want. They want a guard. They want a big man, and they probably want a power forward as well, um, yep. or wing type, whatever you want to call that. So yeah, um, one one commitment from a guy that we were showing interest in, uh, Dame Adela Kuhn from Dartmouth, committed to Loyola Chicago. Um, Loyola Chicago is great academic school, so it makes sense for an Ivy kid to go there. They've also had a ton of success on the court. Um, they've made a Final Four, and I think they had a Sweet 16 appearance additionally. So they're a good mm-hmm. program. Um, so kind you know of what else they for him. You know what else they have? They got they got, uh, they, got they got money. Well, they got, they sister, got sister Jean, Jean too. too. Yeah. <laughs> but more importantly, they have money. She, I don't know if yeah. Sister Jean just hide in a bag somewhere or something, but <laughs> they have money from what I was told. Like I didn't expect them of all people to have money, but they, they, they got it. See, that's the crazy thing is like most of these programs that don't have football are just throwing yeah. bags at basketball. And it's like, yep. instead of like, just like the high majors, like, like football, you hear Miami, Texas A&M, blah, blah, blah. Like Ole Miss, Bama, they all throw money. No, Bama, Nick, Nick Saban, whatever. But um, <laughs> in terms of hoops, everyone's got it. Like these random ass mid majors are throwing bags of money. And it's like, what they're that school has money like it's yeah. like yeah no they have donors like it's it's crazy and that's why when you look at a guy like ed cooley who goes from providence which is his alma mater he grew up in providence uh going to georgetown doesn't Stabbed really make him in sense the on the surface Stab but him in the back <laughs> he did it was a bit of a scummy move but when you look at it georgetown is a very very affluent university they have a ton of very very wealthy donors and they have one sport that they care about, and that is basketball. They're very successful in the past. So that's a program that could very easily be turned around with competent coaching, which uh, sorry for Knicks fans out there, but Patrick Ewing was not even in the universe of competency there. So getting a guy who knows what he's doing, 
in that area with the, the donor support that he's probably going to have is, uh, that's, you know, that's a sleeping giant and sleeping giant in the sense that they've been asleep for about a decade, not that they've been asleep for, you know, uh, 50 years, like some programs. Um, Yikes. let's, uh, let's hit on one more thing before we sign off. Uh, there was some right, speculation that we, we might be losing an assistant coach to temple possibly. Yes. So what are, what is some news about the, the Carl Hobbs front? So I'm posting on the message board so you guys all get it first. Um, I don't want to do a disservice to our message board guys and just leak shit on the pod. But um, so it's been on there for quite some time now, I think. We've been on top of this Carl Hobbs thing for a while. Um, he's uh, He was named one of the, I want to say, four or five finalists the other day. It's official. He is out of Temple. He's done. He's not going to Temple anymore. And it explains a little bit of why he interviewed for Manhattan on Sunday. Monday, Monday. Um, so yeah, he interviewed from Manhattan. It seems like there's still a chance that he leaves. Um, I know a lot of people are th- a lot of people in within the program are thinking he leaves no matter what. Uh, I do think he gets a head coaching job somewhere. There's a lot of openings still. There's yeah. a lot of lower openings uh, for him to go to Manhattan. Kind of tells me he wants one more shot at a head coaching job. Number one, number two, Pike might have an assistant like kind of not lined up, but someone that like they want to change some stuff there. Um, it's like the changing of the old guard to the new guard, and that's what's what kind of happening. You, you lost three portal guys. Mulcahy might not be coming back. Who knows what Cliff's going to do? And you could have five new players, a new coach, new assistant coach. Um, so it, it is a whole switch up this year for Rutgers basketball. But um, it does sound like Temple is not going to hire him. They're going to go somewhere else, whether that be Adam Fisher from Penn State or um, it sounds like one of the Missouri assistants is in there too. Uh, but yeah, so that's all we got in Carl Hobbs for the, for the moment. Yeah. It sounds like he wants one more crack at being a head guy, um, before he's retiring. So good luck to Carl Hobbs. And if he's back, that'd be great too, because he's been with, he's been with Pike for a long time at multiple stops. So obviously Pike trusts him a lot, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it would hurt to have some new blood at the same time. So I don't, I think it, it's not a bad situation either way for Rutgers, um, Football uh, is obviously starting spring practice today. You guys will yes. be uh, at practice and talking to mm. the coaching staff. I believe Shiano speaks today and players and assistant coaches speak throughout the week. Um, Correct. Oh, so it's Shiano today, some players today, and then it um, it like alternates. So like we'll get – who is it on Thursday? Thursday's Kirk Soraka and quarterbacks. Kirk, yeah. yep. And then Saturday will be – Defensive coordinator Joe Harris Simiak, and I'm assuming probably DBs just because he doesn't really have another position he coaches, but yeah. um, or maybe it might just be various um, defensive players. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens there. But it uh, it's definitely going to be fun. Spring ball's here. Let's try to build some excitement for a change. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be tough because uh, you can only say and watch so much, but uh, you guys have any requests or um if you're a member of the boards we already put out or chris put out a thread yesterday um spring practice questions requests if you have any questions for any of the guys specifically any requests of who you want us to uh reach out to if you have questions for greg today you could probably submit them in the youtube too comments and i could probably look into look through them don't don't ask anything outrageous don't be like greg why why didn't you hire an oc immediately like yeah yeah what about portal linemen? Like we've asked him multiple times about portal linemen, portal this, portal that. I'm going to tell you word for word his response. If they can help our team, we will add them or something like yeah. that along those lines. Like 
It's nothing different. They're not adding a quarterback, so get that one out of your heads. I already saw four posts that say, ask them about adding a quarterback, adding a quarterback. They're not adding one. It's Gavin Wimsett, I hate to tell you, and ride or die. And yep. it's leaning this way right now. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so we're going to have a, a football-dedicated pod probably tomorrow morning uh, going over first day of spring practice, what was said by the players, what was said by Coach Chiano, and then probably have another one. Uh, yeah, chop, chop, chop. <laughs> I have another one uh, later in the week to go over what the assistant coaches said. But uh, once again, we want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you to all the people who went and rated and reviewed. Um, now do it again. Notice, there was a noticeable <laughs> bump of uh, ratings over the last couple of weeks. So we really do appreciate it. It helps grow the podcast. It helps us get better interviews because more people will be aware of the pod. Uh, just opens up doors that uh, we have a lot of ideas for how to grow the podcast and do bigger and better things. So, uh, thank you. If you have rated and reviewed, and if you haven't, you're a terrible, terrible fan, and you should feel bad. Um, and you should do it immediately after listening to this podcast. You should rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, but for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.